Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M. and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August the 8th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book. We're going to end up in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 87. We're going to begin uh, on the last paragraph as we go through the day. Today's readers for the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous will be Esther F. for the uh, 12 Traditions and Marie M. Our readers for today will be Chelsea H., Santa H., and Carrie P. Now, the reference number for the Sunday special edition at 8.30 yesterday morning, that awesome um, special edition given by a, a Vision for You group participation, um, is uh, for Sunday, August the 7th, 2016, is 8979. That's 8979. Okay, our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's 12 tradition states, I'm sorry, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to please read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, 
softer prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. And thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to please read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Janice. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should be should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, just press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book and uh, we're on page 87 where first read is gonna begin on the last paragraph as we go through the day. So I will now ask uh, Chelsea H to please begin reading. Good morning, Janice. Thanks for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater for today. As we go through the day, we pause. 
when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. Excuse me, Chelsea. I, I don't know, but it's, you, you seem to be going in and out a little bit. Um, Can you hear me now? I could hear you good. It just said you would, you know, it would skip. I couldn't hear every, every word you're saying. Let's try it again. Okay. As we go oh. through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running the show. Humbly, we say to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Can you still hear me? You're fine. Okay. Probably it was me. Yes, thank you. Okay, thanks. Okay, so um, still Chelsea, living in the solution today, one day at a time. So for me, this information here, and I can attest to that it works, it really does, that shortest paragraph in the whole book. Um, the pause is probably my most important thing for me because it allows me to make sure I'm connected to my spiritual energy that I need to live in the course of the day. So I defer to this energy, my divine director, who I call Didi. I defer to Didi for direction of my thoughts, my actions, and that this way I can get to practice a different set of principles than what I had been doing because I had been burning up energy foolishly, much like Jim did when he put the whiskey in the milk, then we had the jaywalker, the excitement to running out of the traffic, all those kind of things I would do with my food. I would play around and run in danger and be in fear, fear about whether or not I would be able to stick to a food plan for the day or where, if I was going to an event, would I have enough to eat, would my food be there. All of that goes out the window whenever I pause. If I'm agitated because somebody in front of me is driving me nuts or a family member or what have you, I have a skill set now to practice to practice getting realigned, getting back in that place of neutrality that it talks about that I was set in on page 85. Because if I'm in neutral, I'm in a position where my higher power can place me where I need to be in life rather than where I think I need to be or what I think I need to be doing. So I really do, I don't say thy will be done. I say thy will and mine be one. So whatever's at the totality of things for me can allow me to be open to accepting whatever it is I'm supposed to accept at that moment, live in that moment, and not try to live in the past or the future because I have no control over that. I'm not running the show. So I engage my spiritual energy so that way I'm fully conscious so that I'm not, again, going back to those old behaviors, those old defects of character that I would engage in because I've made a decision now to stop making decisions, and I'm living under new direction, and so I'm willing to take action so that way I'm not self-obsessed, self-involved, or trying to do things for me. I'm other-centered at this point. And if I'm not in that position of neutrality, if I'm angst, if I'm doing anything that is not in alignment with neutral, then I need to have a spiritual reset. And that's what Step 11 does for me. It allows me to reset spiritually, connect, 
engage and take action so that the next thing I do is driven by my divine director and not me. Um, thanks for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Chelsea H. Okay, we're going to open up the floor for those that would like to share on the two paragraphs beginning on page 87 at the bottom for three minutes. Who would like to be the first person? This is Bella. Can I share? I hear Bella. I hear Bella. I hear Larry. Okay. Next, Kim G. Melissa C. Okay, I hear Kim G. And I hear Melissa C. And one more. Judith R. And Judith R. Oh, that's a nice little group. Okay, let's begin with Bella. Please go ahead, Bella G. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G. And I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Thy will be done. Wow, this is my recovery, and this is my freedom. This brings me, you know, to the first step to remind me that I am powerless, and I am connected today not to my ego, not to my character defects. I am connected today to my loving higher power that I call him God, God, and I am connected and I know that God loves me and accepts me. And today, thank you, God, I, 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 I learned to pause and to say, wait a minute, Bella, what is your part in this situation? And this is a reminder for me, especially today, because I am going through a very painful challenge. I was last week for one day in Israel. And I had a very painful experience with my mother and with my sister. And thank you, God. Today I learned to pause and to say, Thy will be done. You know, I am not getting into anger and resentment. And, you know, I am not a self-pity. I learned to pause and to say, Okay, Bella, this is what God wants you to do now. What is your part? And yes, today I, I feel the pain, but I am not, you know, the pain is not running my life anymore. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Bella. G. okay, Larry Kay, it is your turn. <laughs> Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Um, Larry Kay, recovered compost over here uh, from Chicago. So it, you know, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll drill down and, and zero in on, you know, it works. It really does, you know, and, and works. Well, this, this process, this, this, this whole process works, but we're, we're focused on step 11 here. So prayer and meditation, and it talks about that and it gives us some specific instructions. I want to follow those instructions. And, you know, this process brought me into, a, into congruence with my creator and, um, you know, and so with prayer and meditation, you know, what, what that does for me now that I've been brought into alignment to become more congruent with my If I want a reminder of what my life used to be like, you know, in a nutshell, I can, I can take a look at that. I can see on page 52, it does a job describing what my life was like before um, I followed this practical program of action. It talks about, well, I, I had trouble with my personal relationships. Couldn't control my emotional nature. That was true. I was a prey to misery and depression. I couldn't make a living very well. I was pretty inconsistent with that. I had a feeling of uselessness. I was full of fear. I was unhappy. I 
couldn't really, you know, seem to be of help to other people. I try, but invariably I would step on their toes, they would step on mine, and on and on the merry-go-round, you know. And those were the bedevilments on page 52. But once I've, I've subjected myself to this process, and I get here to step 11, and I'm, I'm into, I'm brought into you know, at least the beginning uh, with my, and I'm not running the show anymore. I'm not trying to arrange the scenery and all that kind of stuff. You know, then, yes, prayer and meditation, that's, I need to engage in that. For me, I have to engage in that because when, because, you know, life's going to deal me some stuff. It did yesterday. It does everything. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday that's, you know, that's really going through a time. And uh, in pro Cancer, Larry. Um, hello. I don't know. I, I heard someone in the background there. Anyway, um, you know, I was going through a real dif- uh, this person was going through a real difficult time, and I was trying to be of service. You know, but the thing about it is, is um, when I go to my higher power, and I say, and I do this, if someone calls me or I have the opportunity. I'm sorry, Larry. Power, Larry, you're, you're, you know, I, I didn't know. If- Larry, can you hear me? <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry. It, it, you are very muffled, and I thought it, you know again it was my phone, but <clears throat> uh, we tried to hear you the best we could. Uh, do you want to finish up? You do have time, you know, of course. But I just oh, want to let you know. You know what? Very if, muffled, I, if I'm yeah. being muffled there, my, yeah, so sorry, Jen. Sorry about that. Yeah, That's I didn't know if it was my phone. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Kim G, please, it's your turn, my dear. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm just going to zone in on that word constantly. I mean, constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. Why is that? Because I'm constantly trying to run the show. You know, I often hear people say, you know, I read pages 85 to 88 every single day. Let me tell you, my life changed when I stopped reading 85 to 88 and I started doing 85 to 88. It's in the application of these steps that I get the rewards of it. And I was thinking of an analogy this week because I was in a car accident a couple weeks ago and I had a 10-year-old Honda Civic and it was total. And last week, about a week ago, I bought a brand new 2006 Honda CRV and it has stuff on there I've never even experienced. I have a backup camera. I have a remote start. I have side cameras. I have Bluetooth. I can listen to my apps on my phone. But I have to tell you, having all those bells and whistles means nothing if I don't know how to use them. And I'm very uncomfortable right now. Even the first day, you know, I'm driving to my parents' house and it starts to rain. I don't even know how to use my windshield wipers at this point. So what did I do? I went into the the um, parking lot of a local high school, I asked my brother to come over and we played with the car, I played with the backup camera, I played with turning on the phone and turning off the phone. And it's very uncomfortable. But having a car with all these bells and whistles means nothing if I don't use them. And I thought to myself, that's kind of my experience with with these steps. It's wonderful to be in a 12-step program. It's wonderful to have learned the skill set of four through nine but the rubber hits the road in 10 and 11. The question is, am I using them? You know what? And when I use them, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm not sure exactly how to do this inventory process. I'm not really sure about connecting with this power. Maybe I'll just do a, more, a morning meditation and I won't do the evening one. Maybe I won't pause throughout the day. And then I'm going to be sitting there frustrated. Why aren't I getting this experience I'm hearing from people on these healthy meetings like A Vision for You? 
Because I have to be willing to utilize this work. It's not just seeing it. It's not just reading it. It's utilizing it. And just to say this is my experience. You know, I often hear people say, well, I know, I know. I'm, I know I'm in step one. I know I just picked up, but I need relief. I'm going to do a step 10. I'm going to do a step 11. If you haven't learned the skill steps of one through nine, how can you apply the skill set in 10 and 11? And the reason I'm saying that is because I would get so frustrated. These darn steps don't work. I'm doing what it says on page 87 and 88, and it's not working. And it's not working because I'm not yet on block. It's not working because I haven't learned the skill set of 1 through 9 to apply it in 10 and 11. To me, it's like handing a kid a math book, teaching them to add and subtract, and say, read calculus every day, because if you read calculus, you'll know it. Absolutely not. I need to learn addition, subtraction, multiplication, algebra, trigonometry, and then calculus will have depth and weight. It is the same with steps 10 and 11. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Melissa C., it is your turn. Hi. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, oh, I'm just so happy to be on this meeting live. We were away camping um, for a week, and I didn't really have a great signal, but, um, you know, but I do have my program wherever I go. And, um you know, but it's just really nice to be back. And, you know, when agitated, um, not if, you know, but when, um, and doubtful. And, you know, I just love that it says um, when because, um, I, you know, that I do feel this. And when I feel this, I need to constantly remind myself um, that I'm no longer running the show. And, and I just, again, I love the words constant because, I need this constant reminder because I constantly forget, you know. Um, and when I see this, in, you know, right here in the book, it gives me so much hope. Um, because my knee-jerk reaction to, is to think that, oh, if I'm agitated or doubtful, um, then I'm a failure, you know, because I think I should um, be above all of this. You know, I have a problem of recovery. What do you mean I'm agitated? You know, how dare that be my experience? But, you know, it says right here, I'm going to need constant reminding because I'm constantly forgetting. And and I'm human, and agitation and doubt, they're human characteristics. Um, but I don't have to, you know, I don't have to go forward on that energy. I have this beautiful program. And once reminded, you know, I ask God to allow me to readjust myself according to his will not to shape the outcome according to what I want. You know, that was my old reaction to agitation. I'm annoyed, and I'm going to work like hell to make everything go according to what I want. But this is, um, I humbly accept situations and people just as they are. And when I do that, I'm not exhausted, I'm not irritated, and I'm not even pissed off. I'm calm, and then I'm generally calmer, um, and it allows me to get along better. I need these words so much in my life. You know, um, I, I'm so fortunate. I have so many wonderful things around me, and I continue to feel agitation. And um, thank you that that all passed. Well, thank you, Melissa C. Um, Judith R., it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, friends and family. This is Judith R. in Vermont gracefully recovered for today. Um, This word pause has given me pause for years, just trying to figure out how do I do this, when do I do this, 
And I like to think of myself as a very spiritual woman, and therefore I should be pausing constantly and in touch with God constantly. And then I realized I'm also a woman with ADHD, and my energy is a bull in a china shop. I just push forward, and sometimes to pause is actually almost physically painful. Uh, I've tried a bunch of different ways. I've tried setting my my phone alarm to every hour. I've tried setting it to every three hours, and the alarm would go off, and I'd be mad at it. It'd be like, what? What? I'm I'm in the middle of talking to somebody. I'm in the middle of whatever. Um, so I've just been slowly, slowly learning what is this going to mean in my life to pause. Um, I even found a book called Seven Sacred Pauses, Living Mindfully Through the Hours of the Day. And it is wonderful, but it will not help me stop when I need to stop. So two things I've noticed lately in the big book. Um, pause when agitated. Oh, I thought I was just supposed to pause anytime. Um, so agitated or doubtful. And then the part, the second part that I missed was pause and act. I, I didn't see that. I just thought I was supposed to pause and have a God moment, um, which is wonderful and necessary. And I didn't really supposed to pause and ask for the right thought or action. So with that, I'll thank Well, <clears throat> thank you, Judith R. Okay, we're going to take a few more before we go on. So who would like to go next? Nessa R. Monica. F. Nessa R. And I heard Monica T. And there was Judy F. Judy F. That's it. Judy F. And whom else? Let's go with those. Okay, Nadia. Okay. Let's go on with that. Um, Nessa R., please. Thank you. Good morning. Vision for you. My name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, for me, steps 10 and 11 um, work together. Um, but it says I pause when agitated or doubtful. I think if I am agitated or doubtful, I am probably resentful or fearful. And that's because I'm running on self-will and I am trying to run the show. And that means there's something there that is blocking me. And before I can ask, um, for the right thought or action, I need to unblock myself. I need to do a quick step 10 so that I can remove whatever, you know, selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking or fear there is in me at the moment that is causing that agitation and that doubt. Um, you know, I have to take some action first before I can, I can go to God because if I ask God at the moment when I am agitated or doubtful, I'm not going to be able to listen. I mean, I'm going to be entrenched in what I want. I'm going to be entrenched in, you know, the fact that I am right. I'm going to be entrenched in the fact that people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing or things are not unfolding as I envision. And all that stuff is going to block me from hearing God's answer, you know, in prayer, I talk to God and I ask. In meditation, I listen to God's answer. But um, if I am still full of myself, that's going to cloud um, the lens through which 
um, that divine guidance comes in. And I really love what was said at the very beginning, um, that it, this, is re- re- this was referred to as the, uh, the spiritual reset. And that's what it is, you know. Um, I need to align my will with God, with God's, but I can only do that by first getting rid of what I want, getting rid of my selfishness and my self-centeredness. And, you know, once I'm in a recovered state, I do that through step 10. And then once that's done, then I can go on to ask God for the right thought of, or action. And then um, um, I can be um, of maximum service to him and to others. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Nessa R. Monica T., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T. I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. So I'm zoning in on the word agitated. You know, agitated for me originally was, uh, you know, really mad and upset and whatnot. And then and then, uh, you know, that's, I don't get agitated, you know, I get mad, I blow my top, I'm done, I'm over it. But there's more to it than that, I have learned. Agitated, upset, disturbed, unsettled, distracted. And for me, it's come down to realize when I feel, my word for it is antsy, when I feel antsy, or bored, because I'm usually never bored. So if I find myself feeling bored, there's a reason. There's something going on. So it's been a process for me here, trying to figure out what this agitated means for me. And so when I feel antsy, you know, I just can't really put my finger on things many times. Antsy. That, that's a warning for me. There's a red flag. Okay, let's pause here, Monica. What's going on? Stop and pause. Is there a resentment going on? Is there a fear going on? What's going on here for you? And... Um, and and it's it's taken time, you know, just like everything else with working this stuff. It's been a process. And what do I do? You know, I pause and I check well, and ask for the right thought or action. You know, if there's a fear, God, please remove this. If there's a resentment, God, please remove this and go through the steps that I've got on page 85 or 84 that tell me what to do with those things. And, you know, just God help me. My prayer frequently, God help me. I'm a crazy woman. And with that, I pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Monica T. Okay, jo- um, Judy F., it's your turn. Hi, this is uh, Judy F. Hi, Janice. And Sam. Oh. oh, Judy S. Oh, and F. I was Judy F. <laughs> oh, I think I said F as in Frank. Yeah. Judy F. Yes, I'm yes. sorry. Thank you. Good morning, Good Janice. Thank you for your service, Janice, and good morning, visionaries. This is Judy F., um, compulsive reader recovered in Massachusetts. Oops, and let me put on my uh, timer. And um, when my sponsor brought me to this paragraph, it, it, she, she helped me unpack it. it it's just beautiful. Um, I'm so humbled because today... This is what happens when, when I work my steps 10 and 11. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, running around trying to control everybody. I'm, I'm really accepting life on life's terms. Uh, so as we go through the day, she told me agitated 
is a precursor of resentment and um, doubtful is a precursor for fears. So if I stay in that state, I'm going to build resentments and I'm going to be in a state of fear. And then right, so I need to stop and then remember that I'm not in charge. Uh, we are no longer running the show and, you know, on pages 62 and 63, it talks about how I want to be the director and, and I have a new director today and, and that's my higher power. And so there's a prayer here, ask for the right thought or action. And then another prayer, thy will be done. Um, and the humility came, but I, I wasn't aware of it. I remember um, a boyfriend told me I was high strung before I came to the recovery process. I was high strung. I was um, just all nerves and and since then doing this process I remember a coworker said wow you're so serene when things happen at work you're you're so peaceful and you just kind of take it as it comes and I didn't I wasn't aware of it they say sometimes we're the last to be aware of the transformation but it's that um, trying to run the show am I being the director or am I one among many one of the actors and it has worked, just following these directions, not me trying to be a better Judy, but me just following the directions, connecting with God. And the best part of the promises here, we become much more efficient, we do not tire so easily, for we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Judy F. Nadia B., you'll be our last speaker before we go on to the next paragraph. Go ahead, Dick. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. Um, thank, uh, good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Connecticut. And uh, I love the spiritual practice of pause. I, you know, was um, taught this. At the very beginning of my recovery, uh, my sponsor drilled it into my head. As you know, my life was had no pause. I was just, you know, um, I was on. Um, uh, I had a lot of energy. Let's put it that way. And today, you know, um, I constantly remind myself. Um, that I'm no longer running the show, and I just wanted to, um, you know, to share my experience with this. Um, yesterday, I was going to the beach, and I was really excited. I did not grow up on um, the coast, and, you know, I love, love, love ocean and the water, and I was so excited. I got in the car. I was thrilled i was dancing in the car singing with my husband you know driving he grew up on the coast he couldn't care less he was just his normal day and you know as i'm you know doing my thing being excited uh, my husband looked at me the wrong way and he's like what the heck is wrong with you and here comes the anger and here comes the fear, you know, he's going to ruin my day. He's not going to be as excited as I am. Uh, what am I going to do now? You know, and within seconds, I became agitated and doubtful. <laughs> and what am I going to do now? You know, should I throw him away um, out of the window? Like, should I return him home and just go by myself? That was my feeling. I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. 
I um, still do feel too excited, too fearful. Um, and I know today those things are dangerous to me. Maybe they're, you know, not dangerous for other people, but for me, they bring destruction. I know that when I'm in that state, I am um, a hurricane. And that's when I pause and pray because that's what, uh, when I need my higher power the most. I know my higher power is with me constantly. So as I call for that power, as I reach for that power, when I say your will, not mine, be done, um, and practice that pause, you know, I listen to um, what, how 11th step is done. And I heard Irini, she always say, take a deep breath. And I take the uh, few deep breaths um, and, you know, pray. I pray a third step prayer on my husband. And that practice works uh, for me as I constantly practice, practice, and practice. And without all that. And thank you, Nadia B. Before we go on, I just want to, uh, this is Janice M., you know, when I first came in, I was full of rage. I was full of uh, anger. I was bitter. I was resentful and pitiful. Um, you know, and then people shared about, you know, their calmness. And I would go to work or then I'd still yell. Well, today, you know, um, I try my best to pause. But it says here, ask for the right part of our action. And ask who? <laughs> ask who am I going to ask? I'm going to ask my higher power. You know, what I've been taught is that, you know, this is what I say. First of all, when I respond, I mean, when I react, nobody's asked me for my opinion. And uh, so I've learned to say, you know, does it need to be said, Janice? Does it, what you want to say, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said right now? And I try to instead say something helpful or loving. You know, I don't want to spread hate. Because, you know, so I'm so, trying so hard to break through the layers of that one day at a time because it's, it is difficult. Okay, we're going on to um, Judy H. Um, I think oh. we're going to go on and try to finish this. On to H, please. You can hold your comment. Go ahead. Sonia. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, wonderful. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H. Grateful, compulsive overeater, living in a solution one day at a time from New Jersey. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to the 12th step. Wow, this is a loaded paragraph for me, and I'm grateful to be sharing on this paragraph today because um, it just reminds me of my, of my little short journey. I've only been in the program for three years, but it's been three wonderful years for me. I remember when I first coming into this program, and even for several years, I, ha- I had difficulties with the word alcoholic, compulsive reader for me, the word discipline, undisciplined, and even the word God. And, um, you know, it was a language barrier for me, and I had to find a way to process through those words. And what has helpful for me was that I had to find a word, I want to focus on that word discipline right now. I had to find a definition and discipline that worked for me. And this is the definition that works for me today. It's the discipline is an art. 
It is one that you will acquire through training and experience, and it becomes easier with practice. And I have found that to be my experience. And I am so grateful that, um, you know, back then when I started, that I was led to such a wonderful, awesome guy. And she knows I love her. And she has helped me over the years to shed away numerous layers of prejudice that exist over 44 decades of, of the word discipline. I didn't, like, I didn't like the word discipline because I identified so well from what I was labeled as with the word undisciplined. So the word discipline was very, very difficult for me to, to grasp. But these are some of the things that she said. It was how she did the language, how she changed the language, the description, description of that word that really spoke for me. And the first thing that she said is she uses the word, and she uses it all the time, and now I affirm this here word, is practice. And so what I say to myself every day I affirm is that each day I get to practice. I get to practice these steps. I get to practice how to live these steps. You know, I'm, I'm no longer this extremist where I call myself I'm a failure. I don't use that word anymore. I don't come out and say I want to be perfect. I don't use that word anymore to describe myself from one extreme to the next uh, because I know I'm just practicing. I get up every day to practice. That's my discipline. And then the next thing that she said to me just for today, so I'm reminded that I'm just to practice for 24 hours a day before I have to reboot again. And so I'm like, okay, I can practice. I can do that for 24 hours. That's easy. And I was on my way. And that has been my discipline over the last three years. And it has grown and evolved. And I got really good at being disciplined today. And then the last thing that really she shares with me is that she calls it a spiritual muscle. And I was able to really identify with that because I'm the type of person who was into um, weight training. So I'm always just like building st strong muscles and, you know, really know what it takes to, to be disciplined. And so I want to end by, I always teach my protégés, one plus one equals two. Like this program says it is simple. It's very simple. And so I want to end by saying that practice plus discipline, that's one plus one, equals results. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Santa H. Okay, who would like to uh, share on this paragraph, these paragraphs, finishing it up? Sarah W. Sarah W. Amy G. Sarah Judy W. Um, I, Ju Judy minute, F. I heard Judy S. S. and Sam. Lynn yes. <laughs> okay, and I heard Amy G. G. And I heard Sue G. Let's see if we can Tina get F. one more. And Tina S. Let's go with that for now, because the time's going to be coming up. Sarah G., please go ahead. Sarah W., good. Sarah that's W. That's okay. This is Sarah W. Thanks so much for your service today. Uh, Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I, I, too, had a problem with the word discipline. Um, you know, I think my, the way I look at uh, recovery and disease is, you know, so much of it is about control and our lack of control and um, you know, not, wa not wanting to live life on life's terms. And, of course, I use the food to, to numb myself out in the process, and I learned that I have an allergy of the body and the obsession of, of the mind. But I think the, the thing that comes to me is that I don't always pick up that I need to do a 10-step all the time. Uh, sometimes I fall, and what happens to me is that I start to uh, – go into this spiral down, and I just wanted to let people know uh, the reason I'm saying this is because I am not perfect. I continue to 
uh, walk this this path, this this recovery, um, to try to find healing for myself. Because, um, you know, this wounded part of myself that comes out, that at times where my defect comes out, where I either put up a wall or I say, you know, or I glum on because I want to, I want to attach to somebody or something is because I don't feel whole. And and what the journey of recovery for me is, is it's, it's about finding wholeness. And when it says um, that uh, we let God discipline us in the simple way we just outlined, what I feel is that my, my, um, my, the source that I go to, I have to believe that it can restore me to sanity. And that second step is such an integral part of all this stuff. It, it is huge. And for me, I have to believe that God can restore me to sanity. Or why would I go to it? Why would I believe that it could happen? So, But I do have to practice and I do have to take action. And that is a really important part. But I also have to find self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. Um, and so today, I'm grateful to be human and to have this beautiful program that I can learn how to live my life on life's terms and be grateful for it. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Sarah W. Okay, Judy S., it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. This is Judy S. Um, from upstate New York. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just, I had to just giggle at myself trying to get in on the line today. <clears throat> so, um you know, I heard you say Judy F, but I didn't hear Judy F, so I just assumed it was Judy S. Of course, why wouldn't I do that? You know, why not? So then you say Judy F, and I felt myself getting agitated. Imagine that. <laughs> but here's here's where this, this these steps are so amazing because as soon as I feel that, it's like we're talking about discipline. And I, discipline is about what do I, how do I discipline myself? Well, first of all, I have to practice, practice, practice. And then I discipline myself to ask. And who do I ask again from the previous paragraph? I ask my higher power. And so what I did, what I just did is I felt that agitation and what I've learned to ask God now, and I learned this from a, um, <clears throat> an amazing just, it was a short 30-minute share, uh, a speaker on another uh, phone meeting. And, and it's about, okay, I'm agitated. I notice it, right? That's that first thing. I, I pause long enough to notice it. And then I ask. And what I ask now is like, okay, God, <clears throat> I see it. I see what's going on. Now, how long am I going to hold on to it this time? And sometimes it's like I laugh at myself like I did this morning and go, okay, you know, this is silliness. Why hold on to something like this? It was, yeah, it's just we're human beings. This is what happens. I could have heard wrong. Who, you know, it doesn't matter. And I let it go. But sometimes I go, okay, God, you know, I see what's going on. How long am I going to hold on to this? And if it's something bigger, I might go, at least a couple more minutes, gold darn it, because this really ticked me off. Rah, 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 rah. And maybe a minute, you know, but I can't, I, if I notice it, 
it's like I can't, I can no longer hold on to it very long. It's like, oh, my gosh. And I continue to practice this. And then sometimes I say, okay, I notice it. How long am I going to hold on? And I go, and I can't, I can't, I, I ask God to help me to let it go and it won't. And that's when I have to sit down and do the work, the other work, which is writing out a 10th step, calling somebody. Sometimes I'm agitated and I don't know why I'm agitated. I am just agitated. I, I can't recall what's coming up. And then what I do is I call somebody. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Judy S. Amy G., you're up. Good morning, Dance. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you for your service. What an awesome meeting. I am also going to focus on the undisciplined part here. I mean, this clearly, as we wrap up, in, in my humble opinion, the end of this chapter, we're talking about steps 10, 11. I mean, the whole chapter has been about action, cleaning up the wreckage of our past self-inventory, creating a routine for recovery in 10 and 11. I mean, that's what we're doing here, repetition to the father of learning. I have to learn how to talk program to myself instead of listening to the disease in my head. I'm becoming transformed. My personality and my thinking and my actions are changing. And the way that I do that is through the discipline of a routine every single day. 10 and 11 is about daily maintenance. It's about what I do every day for my recovery and how I go about dealing with life on life circumstances. And then I'm growing in my relationship with my higher power. I'm not just asking God for something when my app is on fire. I'm asking for God to guide my day. And when I'm agitated or restless, irritable, and discontent, I'm asking. I mean, you put the adjectives in that fit suit you. And for me, restless, irritable, what do I do? I learn a routine that I need to do for my recovery on a daily basis so that I'm not undisciplined. I mean, I don't know about you all, but prior to program, my method of operating throughout the day was impulsive, in a whim, either in manic behavior or complete abject slothfulness, or binging my brains out. It's, you know, pick your, pick your poison. And as I learn and become restored to sanity, I find out that I have a, a brain that God gave me to use that I can now think and use my will. I can align my will with God and I can take appropriate action. I may not do it perfectly, but I can get out there. Like it says, the slogan, pray to God, row to shore. And now we're going to move to step 12. And it's in italics here at the end of the chapter, meaning one of the most powerful aspects of my program is going to be how I get out of myself because here we've been working on myself and what my daily maintenance is for my recovery. Now I'm going to move on to step 12, and I'm going to learn how to be a service to the fellow sufferer. And it's a powerful part of my program, and they're going to spend a whole chapter on it because it means something. It's really important to my recovery. But this process of 10-11, my daily maintenance, is what's going to solidify and ground my recovery and my transformation as my personality changes. That's what's happening as I discipline myself and use my will now in an appropriate manner aligned with God, I'm going to stop. My thinking has changed. It's changed. And I've learned new ways to react to life and not have the food come a-calling. What a miraculous transformation of healing. It's incredible. This program is incredible. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. 
And thank you, Amy G. Okay, we have about four minutes left, so if Sue G and Tina S can take a couple of minutes, we'll be all set. Okay, Sue G, you're up. Okie dokie, this is Sue in Michigan, and um, get me off for two minutes if I don't stop. Um, you know, the word discipline, we keep on saying, you know, we discipline ourselves, God disciplines us. Or we have to be willing to allow God to discipline us. And in the Big Book Dictionary, you know, discipline has two different meanings. It's not, it must teach. It's to, um, I think of the word disciple, um, because that's what God wants us to be. Uh, in, in, you know, in my religion, it's, it's to begin, as a religious person, is to be discipled by God, is to be corrected, to be taught, to be molded, um, these are words that are in the Big Book Dictionary, to control, to have obtained controlled behavior, to punish, gain control, correct, train, or enforce obedience. So it's not all, you know, I mean, it's, um, it's not all, well, you know, I'm going to learn discipline, I'm going to, and, and well, and it doesn't lead into faith without works is dead because when you're being disciplined or discipled, you are learning um, to do action. Because if you're corrected, if you've done something, if you've not followed the program, God will dis- will discipline us. We have to be allowed to be disciplined so that we practice the good behavior, um, doing what we're supposed to be doing with the steps and not messing up. And that's when we mess up, we go and we talk to somebody. We talk to God and we talk to somebody else. And we get rid of that um, because that's the di- that's part of the disciplining, of being dis- uh, disciplined. So I just wanted to bring that out, and thanks for letting me share. And you're right on, Sue G. Okay, Tina S. is going to be wrapping us up. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Janice. Uh, thanks for your service. Tina has compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. What a wonderful meeting today. Uh, we alcoholics are undisciplined, and I'll jump on that word. You know, uh, my disciplining myself um, most of my life, you know, got me a seat in several 12-step programs. And, you know, and I liked what was shared, and I, I'm on the same uh, wavelength with the definition of discipline. It is practice, practice, practice. And so we let God, you know, show us this way that we've just outlined, you know, we've just been through it, steps 10 and 11, and so it's not no complicated thing, although I can certainly complicate it, you know, and I also love what was shared, you know, I I can read this thing all I want, but when it becomes what I do, there's the difference, and there is the practice, and there is um, a way of life, you know, beyond my wildest dreams today, And, and, and I'll say this and then pass, but, you know, it also says when these crop up, so I know that I am not perfect, and I am no saint, and uh, if I do this deal one day at a time, you know, I get this deal one day at a time. And um, and I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for everyone online. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Wow. We have a minute left. Would somebody want to take that minute? Renee C. Charles H. Uh, oh, okay. I think I heard Renee first, Charles. I hope you can stay for the next meeting. I'd love to hear you. Go ahead, Renee. Go ahead. Thank you, Renacy, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. 
just wanted to really quickly share about the being undisciplined and let God discipline us in the simple way that we have just outlined. You know, I thought for so many years I was very disciplined, but when it came to the food and life, I was far from that. And as so has been so eloquently shared, I uh, I need a lot of help in this area. I had an incident this weekend where I was angry, lonely, and extremely tired and exploded at my husband. But the great thing is the realization that I am not perfect, that God can discipline me, my higher power, that I can do a tenth step and I can move on and I can forgive myself for my imperfection but not repeat the same behavior over and over again because that really would be insanity. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. And thank you so much. And, Charles, I hope you stay for our second unrecorded meeting. I thank everyone who has shared. Yes, we do have, uh, please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carrie P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Carrie, star one to unmute. Carrie P. Okay, Charles, do you have 164? How about Santa? Can you read 164 for us? Janice, I have it. It's Judy F. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Cass.